One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome back to the Sofa Cinema Club episode number two. I'm Colson Smith, and as always, I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Price. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we educate each other on films. It's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, we pick a film for each other to watch, and then we come into the studio and talk about what we loved, hated, and rated. Now, the beauty of our podcast is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home, and then join us every Thursday to see what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by Jack and Ben, and it is the horror film that is The Exorcist. But before we get into talking about that, how has your week been? Jack, you're always full of surprises. What have you been up to this week? <laughs> Rammed. Very busy, Jack. Come on, talk us through it. So much to talk about. So much. Absolute kicked off. It was absolutely so uneventful. I, I can't even begin. It's just boring, isn't it? it? Is there much difference between your your lockdowns, Jack? Because we had the first, the Lego lockdown, as we like to call it, and Boris likes to call it. What's the second lockdown called? I think for you? the second one. I think everyone just goes, "Oh, we've 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 done this now." I mean, yeah, we know it's for a good cause, but we're just really bored. We're running out of the stuff that we're not doing. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm not doing. I don't know what I'm missing, which is what I'm yeah. not doing. Yeah. Haircut-wise, what did you do? Panic haircut? Coulson had a panic haircut. I didn't in the end. I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered. It's only a month, hopefully. I, I did have a panic haircut. I've also, I have a panic haircut. I've also got a lockdown hair confession. Ooh, hello. Hello, lockdown hair confession. I've gone back. I've, I've gone back on the John Frieda. Oh, have you? <laughs> Just because. <laughs> I thought you were going to say... I've gone back. I've gone back. I th- you never went off the John no, Frieda, No, I, I did, Ben. I did. He's fallen off the wagon. <laughs> Hello, my name's Colson Smith, and I use John Frieda. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might have noticed, Ben. I have to say I thought you might have noticed, but basically... I had my hair perfect. We spoke about what colour hair I wanted. I got it to that dead grass. I got it to that silver platinum. I worked so hard. But the sun stopped. And I thought that was it. I thought it was all over. And then my barber said, look, when was the last time you were John Frieder in? 
And I said, I'm not John Frieder in now. <laughs> we don't get, you don't get that, that much very often, do you, Colson? When was the last time you were on, you know, with the John Frieder? I said, I, I said, I've been back. I've been, I've been purple shampooing. I've been purple shampooing all the way. I've got purple fingernails. I've got a purple scalp. And he went, that's it, mate. He went, you've got to go back blonde. He went, you've got to go blonde to bleach it. And then we go purple on that. And lockdown happened. And the yeah. night Boris announced it, I got on Amazon. And I typed in John Frieda, go blonder. And I, I, I'm back. I'm back on the lockdown hair. Hike. Did it go back to kind of Jean Jair? No, but obviously now it is like a gingery grey, isn't it? So I'm, it's going to go back to <laughs> How that. lovely. <laughs> Sounds Hi, great. John. I'd like a gingery grey, please. <laughs> ah, the McHucknell. <laughs> Step this way. <laughs> We've been expecting you. <laughs> Holding back the years? Come this way, sir. <laughs> Listen, John Frieda's job is that, like, Simpsons yellow. And once I've got it to that, I can then go full purple shampoo again oh hold on i'm completely confused now so the john frieda go blonder is not purple no the john frieda go blonder is like a lemon juice that's what jack used (laughs) i just used lemon yeah i went old school i went caveman hair dye you went 1980s (laughs) sunning so but basically basically the plan for me for lockdown is go blonde and then back on the platinum (laughs) every lockdown i tell you what We've gone from Jack's slightly boring lockdown to your very racy, Colson. Yeah. Very racy. Full on. I wonder if we can get sponsored by John Frieda. Any chance? Do you know what? I actually get my shampoo from Approved Food. <laughs> I genuinely do. Um, ben, there was a lot of concern on social media for Star with Bonfire Night. <laughs> well, luckily, the old lockdown kiboshed the old... Uh, Fireworks, didn't it? They were non round my way. She was fine, loving it. There was there was a lot here. There was, was a there? lot here in Manchester, yeah. Everybody everybody went mental, like it was the purge. <laughs> <laughs> Set it off in the house. It's lockdown. Set it off in the house. <laughs> One of you. Two meters. To the point when you open the balcony door at the flat, you couldn't see. It was it was smog in your face. It was bad. What from all the fireworks? Yeah. It was bad. So where are the people buying them, though? What, they've bought them before lockdown and saved them? Because the shops were shut. Panic buying. Fireworks, toilet roll, John Frieda. Everything you need. Oh, what? Before lockdown's announced, everyone's gone, quick, I need the party box. I need it now. Yeah. I need the indoor fireworks, please. Yeah. No, Star was great. She's just discovered heated seats in the car. She's a very middle-class dog, from what my <laughs> understanding. <laughs> She could play, she's got it absolutely sorted. So she has her walk in the wood. You put it on two bars. I don't think three bars. I think three bars is human, isn't it? Two yeah. bar. She sits there and she's like, oof. And she won't get out of the car. So you sometimes <laughs> you just leave it for like five minutes. She loves it. <laughs> My dogs have got a heated mat. Have they? Yours have. You plug in the heated mat and they, they go, they love that. Could they survive outside, Jack, or not really? No. Not a chance. They don't go outside. They're sort of like inside Uh, dogs. I mean, they they, they, they do go outside a little bit, but they'll walk for a tiny little bit and their, their their little feet get cold and you have to pick them up. Do they get into bed with you? No, we're not having them in bed. I'm not doing that. Okay. In the mornings, do they get into bed? If it's a weekend... 
Oh, uh, Annie usually likes a cuddle with the girls <laughs> in the morning, so I have to go down, do the coffee run, do the tea run, bring the girls upstairs <laughs> for a kiss and a cuddle. Do the dogs drink tea or coffee? <laughs> Lady has been uh, quite partial to a cup of tea, actually. Has she? Yeah, she has. Little yeah. saucer. Every now and again, she'll have she'll have a little lick of the of the drinks. <laughs> steady on, steady. Come on. It's a, it's, a it's a family show. It's a family. It's a family show. Um, so not really much has changed for us, has it? In lockdown, really, works the same. Yeah, we're still yeah, we're still at work, so everything everything's tickety boo. We did get a delivery though yesterday, didn't we? We did. We did. We did. We did. Which brings us nicely on to snack of the week because we got our snacks. Now Colson got different snacks from me, but I think I got the same snacks as you, Jack. Right. And I obviously kicked off my snack adventure mm. with something I'm very partial to. I used to have a lot, but I haven't had for years. Is the old chocolate golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was that? Brilliant. Yeah. I had it watching the film. Great. I mean, you can't eat a whole one. No. But very good. We got on the crisps, didn't we? We started a bit like a banquet, didn't we, Colson? Colson it went to my box and packed his box away. No, no. I, I put mm. my box away, decided what I was going to have. Obviously, my box is obviously for a finely tuned athlete. So mm. it just consists of protein bars and proper corn. Whereas you two got the lint chocolate golf balls. <laughs> I got the chocolate golf balls. Mini eggs. Mini eggs I've, op- I've cracked open tonight. Very, very good. Mm. They're very good. Sensations. I'm going to save those. There's actually some very good things. What else was in there? Um, Lentil chips. They were in there. Yep. There was a bounty. There is a bounty, yeah. yeah. And, a, and, and a, a dark bounty. I hadn't seen oh. one of them since the 90s. I didn't have a dark bounty. <laughs> Pork scratchings. Pork scratchings, bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> Scampy fries. Scampy fries. It was like looking at a vending machine in the 80s, <laughs> isn't it? It was like, ooh, scampy fries. I didn't even know they sold those anymore. Yeah. yeah. You've got it all in there. And if you want your ultimate movie snack box, you can get yours too from approvefood.co.uk. And remember to use code SOFA10 for 10% off. And then you can snack like we do during the films if you fancy a bit of a golf ball you can have a golf ball <laughs> if you fancy a golf ball just as a young girl is throwing up in a priest's face in the film <laughs> I felt a bit ill just as we watched The Exorcist she howked all over him and I've got half a golf ball in my mouth <laughs> there was a point mid-film I have to say because me and Ben you know it, it's the first it's the first film of snacks so you know we've, we've yeah. gone quite deep he's got poof and corner <laughs> obviously we're missing you in the middle there Shepard yeah because you had a bit of poof, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah poof, a poof sharer. I've got chaise long, but now the big lad isn't so big. He gets cold. Mm. So he had to have blanket as well. Yeah. So I had golf ball, chaise long, that was it. <laughs> he had blanket, two popcorns, some vegan sweets, and my crisps. <laughs> when he popped the old golf ball in, it was like he had a gobstopper. <laughs> like, you should have seen him. <laughs> He, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, but it's a good idea, though. Bit of snacks, in it? Watching the film. And it's lint. It's lint, yeah, isn't it? That's good yeah, chocolate. No. Good yeah. chocolate. And if you if you get stuck, you can actually play golf with it. <laughs> By the way, Jack, just to obviously, you know, sing the praises of our sponsor, because yeah. that's what we do. How much do you think the box is worth? Oh, this uh, is a good one, you know. Good. Slight game show. Could go wrong. We could lose a sponsor because of this. I'd say, like... Mm, it's a big box. I don't know, like... 
ten pound, ten pound or something. It's a fiver. It's a fiver. For a sofa cinema club family, it is a fiver, and that's not that's not even with your discount. Um, but yeah, th- there was a point in the film where Ben turned around, looked at me in the eye as I was rustling a bag of popcorn and went, I think this snack's a bad idea. If you're going to make this much noise. <laughs> but he did the full, you know, the one where you've eaten all of it and then you, you tip it into your face. <laughs> and you tipped it into your face and then you did the, ooh, suddenly you decided to try and tidy up. <laughs> well, put these away. Then you had a piss. <laughs> which sounded like you'd switch the hose on. You'd obviously not had a piss for like three hours. <laughs> and then you got some more water. We've got some more news from one of our podcast friends as well, haven't we? Um, Disney are getting in the mood for Christmas and they have released their first ever Christmas advert. Very good. Yeah, very good. And it kind of... It kind of has actually reminded me that it that it is close to Christmas. Yeah, it is a bit weird, isn't it, this lockdown? I have found that a bit weird. It doesn't feel very Christmassy, does it? It feels like a long way away. But we're gonna we're gonna do our job to spread the Christmas cheer on the podcast. There's gonna be Christmas episodes and with Disney, with their new Christmas trailer, we're gonna be doing a Christmas giveaway. So make sure you're keeping an eye on our social media, Twitter and Instagram at Sofa Cinema Club as we give away a special limited edition Christmas Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's good advert, very sweet. Shall we um, do what we're here to do and talk about the film? Yes. Yes. Who's giving a synopsis? Uh, I'll have a go. Whoa, here we go. Ooh, he loves it, look. <laughs> He's excited. His little face. He's excited. <laughs> yes, okay. The Exist follows uh, a f- single parent... It's not oh. going to be very quick. <laughs> yes, it's start. Give him the chance. Single parent family. Mum and daughter. Mum's actress. Daughter's 14-year-old, Reagan. She begins to become unwell. And the mother's scared and wondered what's wrong. First they think there's something wrong with her brain. It later transpires that she has a demon living inside of her and the church think it's a good idea to do an exorcism and they get two priests to come in and try and battle with the demon inside of the young girl to release it from her body. I like what you've done there, Jack, because you've done it quite well, but you've almost done it deliberately shit so that the audience member that comes on next week feels much better about themselves. I started off a bit shit. (laughs) No, I think you picked it. I think you picked up a bit of momentum, actually. You did well. I picked it up. You picked it up. I thought halfway through, I thought, just stick to the facts. Keep it clean. Keep it simple. I'm Jack P. Shepard. This is my podcast. I can do it. That's a textbook synopsis from Shepard there. So the person, if we pick your film... They'll do their own synopsis, won't they? Yeah. Yes, um, they have to do their own synopsis. They have to do uh, a voice recording, send it to our Instagram or Twitter. When do we announce what the film is? And after this. After this. Okay, right, great. It's like we don't have meetings before we go live and record in it. We don't. Well, at least it's a good job me and producer Henry know what we're doing in it. It's a good Thank job. Thank goodness for you two. Me and Jack are the, the eye candy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What I was going to say was, where did you watch this, Shepherd? Were you on your own? I did watch it on my own. It was about, it was about midnight. It wasn't that long after we. Uh, I think it was the night we recorded Monster House. Actually, and then you watched it. 
And then I was in the mood, I was thinking of the podcast, and I had nothing to watch, and I thought, do you know what? It was Halloween, or it was around Halloween time, wasn't it? And I thought, do you know what? I'll stick it on. And, uh, yeah. Has Hanny seen it before? You've seen it a few times, haven't you, Jack? I've seen it. She's seen it uh, a long time ago. Uh, she's a fan. I definitely started watching this with Jack once a period of time, but um, I literally watched three minutes because I never made it out of ancient Egypt when I watched it with you. Iraq. It's Iraq. But yeah. Ancient Iraq. Ancient Iraq. So we open up on Iraq, Max von Sydow. Who, Jack, is is younger than Ben? Ten yeah. years younger. Yeah. In that he's, got, he's got all the makeup on, though, and everything. Oh, it's not old. like he looks like that. Yeah, but he's got the makeup on. And prosthetics and everything. Oh, okay. So he, he didn't he didn't look like that at the time. Because I was thinking, he looks old there, but he just died recently, didn't he? Yeah. He died not so long ago, and he's in, like, Minority Report. And that's in 74. Yeah. But, yeah, he was only 44. They wanted Brando for that role. Yeah, the director said no, because then it'll become a Brando film. They had real hard time casting it to not have the people who they cast overshadow the film and make it into you're just going to want to want to watch them. But Brando was interested. Well, historically, they've always done that with horrors, haven't they? Yeah. They've always sort of cast people that are not really as big-time A-listers. Yeah, I've, yeah, we've had this conversation before, you know. I remember Ben saying that um, there was like a thing with actors once in a period of time where they didn't like getting killed off. So a lot of them avoided horrors for that reason, but... It is a thing, like, if you think about Halloween, is it Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. She's famous for horror films, isn't she? And there's so many actors that only ever do horror. First horror to be nominated for an Oscar. Was it? Yeah, 10 Oscar noms. Wow. Is that more than Monster House? <laughs> uh, not, but no, I don't think so. I think Monster's definitely got best original cartoon and original story, as I seem to remember. So, Coulson, we've started off in Iraq. Yep. They're sort of doing the Antiques Roadshow, aren't they? A time team is what I thought. Tim Tim Robinson. Time team, very time good. Team. Tim Robinson, very good. He's They're like doing... some architect. No, not architect. Um, archaeolo- archaeologist. That's it. He's an archaeologist. Yeah. Indiana They're Jones. looking for stuff. And someone says, oh, we found some, something. And he goes in. And he gives it a little dust, and it's like a little sort of devil figurine, isn't it? With mm. two faces. Is it two faces mm. or something on it? And I thought this was brilliant. Immediately, his face drops. He yeah. knows what he's looking at. And that's the start of the film, isn't it? You're into it. They found something really bad. Mm. It is a bit of a weird opening. What do you think that is that they're actually sort of like unearthing? That they are sort it's of. It's like the a word? tomb or something, isn't it? I think it's sort of like an antichrist worship temple. That's what I that's what I sort of get from from it. That's what I think. Because uh, that's meant to be the reputation representation of the devil, isn't it? Yeah. Evil wards evil, and that's meant to be the de- the devil's face. Mm. And I think you're right. He unearths something. They must be looking in a tomb, and they've put it in. But yeah. He, well, as soon as he sees it, he knows. It's almost like he wanted to find it, and then he does find it and goes, "Yeah, oh shit, there's a curse associated to this. Yeah. For me, the film properly starts when we go into Georgetown. In Washington. Yeah, like, I think that Iraq bit I get, but it's 
Iraq, Iran, but I guess. No, it's Iraq. It is Iraq. It's, it's just oh. Iraq. It's just known as Iraq. <laughs> the, the desert bit, I think I get. But as soon as it goes into, you know, Georgetown, that's when we kind of get a feeling of a film and a story. Yeah, but I suppose what it does, and we've talked about this before in other films, haven't we? It gives you a slight base, the story, a base from somewhere else, an ancient evil. The excavation, he's in a different land. It's giving you a base for what's about to come in this more modern setting. And he's mm. he's giving you uh, the opening to the film to go, look, this is based in very, very deep mm. historical evil. Uh, I know what you mean, but I, that for me, I really love that bit about the film, is that it roots it in this kind of really bad evil place and then we get to georgetown don't we we've um, there's a movie star on set and she's filming a new film what's her name ellen burstyn is the actress and she plays chris mcneil because when we meet her you know straight away that she's kind of a big deal don't you so it's that it's that for they're filming a film aren't they that you know she's a she's a movie star yeah, they're filming a film, and um, she, she's a big actress, and they've got a big crowd outside watching watching a uh, do a scene from the film. They complete the shoot, and then she does the little walk home, doesn't she? And it's Halloween night, quite fitting yes. actually. Yeah, and that's the only time I didn't realise from watching it this time, but that's like the only time you hear the Mike Oldfield tubular bells, and he doesn't use it again. You think no, yeah, not to the end. You think hold on. That's mint tune. <laughs> he uses it once. Yeah, it's literally just... It's it's about 10 seconds of the song. And I always relate that song to The Exorcist. Yeah. I don't know if I even clicked, clocked the did you, song. Did you not? The music. Little Tubular Bells, Mike Oldfield, yeah. Great song. Is it a scary song? It is a scary song. It is, in that context. But he didn't write it for the film. It was written separately and then they used it. But it was like the biggest selling... Wasn't it the biggest selling album in the world for years and years yeah, and years? Instrumental. Yeah. And when's that? Is that when she's walking home? When she's walking, it's like a ding, ding, yeah. ding. I can't. Do you yeah. not remember? It, maybe you don't. Maybe. But yeah, you're right, Jack. I thought, oh, so weird is I always thought, oh, that's in it loads. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that bit. And she's walking home. She goes home after filming and her daughter's there, isn't she? Regan. And the kind of nanny comes secretary. And then it's a, you know, it's your classic start to a scary movie, as in everything's fine, and then you start to hear these noises in the attic, and we all know from all the horror films, the rule is no one goes in the attic. You don't go in the attic, you don't go in the cellar, and you don't go in the bathroom. Or the dark. You avoid all that kind <laughs> so of stuff. So you can't go anywhere. Basically, if you're in a horror, don't go anywhere. You can do it all in the day. Don't do anything at night. Don't do anything at night. Don't go for a poo. Don't go upstairs. <laughs> but she's got it sorted as our movie star because she thinks it's rats in the attic. So she speaks to the caretaker. She goes, you've got rats. Sorry. And he out. goes, no rats. No rats. <laughs> I know, he's creepy. I liked him. Yeah. He did a very good little sort of, there's no rats in there. He was very like insistent, wasn't he? Yeah. And she's thinking, yeah, right. Well, there is. But there is rats I've heard them I've heard them (laughs) and then one night she hears it again so she decides to go up into the attic to see what the noise is she uses the old classic which I thought the candle I thought "Mm, hold on why wouldn't you use a fucking torch if you use the candle which is a clear the blow isn't it 
Yeah. The flame's not going to survive. I mean, it works great for the camera shots, doesn't it? That you know, that's the thing, isn't it? In front of the face, lights yeah. her face perfectly. But she goes into you know, as you do in a horror film, when you hear a spooky noise, you light a candle and you go into the creepy. You go, you go into the creepy loft. It's what you do. So she goes in, and she doesn't really see anything, does she? What do you think? She? What do you think is in there? Because we never really find out what it is. That, yeah, that's the thing. You don't really see anything. Is it the demon, do you think, Jack? Yes, it's the demon. Of course it is. But what releases the demon, Jack? He does. He unearths it in Iraq. No, we know that. But how does it get its little feet from the <laughs> from the loft down the little stairs into Regan? What's the, what's the bit? Because she opens her eyes, doesn't she? Look, I mean, if the demon can get out the gates of hell, I'm sure it can get out of a fucking attic. (laughs) (laughs) That's got me, sorry. That's got me. That's got me. Oh, God, I'm stuck with these stairs again. I've got out of hell, but I'm stuck with these stairs. I can't work them. (laughs) Right, there's one other thing that I hate in horror movies, and it is, Mm. I can't even say the word, an Ouija board, yeah? (laughs) An Ouija. It's just Ouija. 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 Right. Ouija board. (laughs) Well, they're things that shouldn't exist. They're bad things. Ah, now hold on. She plays with that. She plays with that, and Captain. She lets she lets the demon out the attic. That's That's what what I think. That's it. I I think the demon can't walk down the stairs. I think you're right. (laughs) I think he is stuck there, and I think she lets him out. Does she lets this? I think the demon needs to be invited in, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. That's how them boards are meant to work. But I I think they're really bad things, and they should be banned. Do you know what? I once got really scared about it in high school because a film came out called Ouija or whatever. Um, yeah. And it was awful and I hated it. And one of the teachers said to me, if it makes you feel better, it's the same people that make them boards that make Monopoly. And I was like, well, does, it's not. does not make me feel better whatsoever. What? Waddington's. <laughs> Waddington's have made Ouija boards, have they? No, they haven't. Mrs. Smith. Hold on, off. it's coming through. Park Lane. <laughs> oh, they've got a house on it. You owe do not pass go. <laughs> Don't go on the Ouija. It does my head in. It takes hours and there's always an argument at the end. <laughs> Don't, the demon always cheats. They're, they're, they're awful things. Like, they should be. I, I would never, ever dream... Like even talking about it on the podcast is is slightly unnerving me. So she sits down with her mum, doesn't she? Yeah. Because her mum goes, "Oh, what's this?" And she goes to Ouija board, and she says, "Have you ever played with it?" Yeah. And she says, "Yes, I've been playing with it with and there's someone here called Captain. I can't remember what his name is. Howdy, Cap- That's Captain it. Howdy. And it moves, doesn't it? Yeah. On its own, she says, mm. "Oh, we'll play together," and then it stops and it won't do it. Mm. So that's it. That is demoned into child and then it's kind of the film we have that journey like jackson and the synopsis of is this girl ill what is wrong with Mm. this girl now we know the audience know that we're watching the film that is the exorcist and we know that she's been playing with luigi boards and the thing in the attic's not in the attic anymore but mum's got to find that out hasn't she so we go through the quite creepy bit at the hospital, which is quite disturbing. It is. It's the pain that she has to go through. That the, kid That is was the one mint. bit when they were... So those are the real scanning machines. And some of those extras are really doctors. 
And they said, you know, when she gets injected with that spinal mm. and the blood pours out, mm. that they actually did do that to Really? Her. To her? And they put it to the girl. And they said that that, when they were coming to um, rate it, you know, they, they didn't want an 18, basically. They wanted an R. And they said that that was the bit that disturbed them the most. How's the ratings go in America? Well, it was different back then. So y- you didn't want an X, which was basically... Was that an 18? Well, X or was, was it 21? X certificate. And you wanted an R where you could take a child in. But the X was basically like, uh, like you just, you, no one, it was like the top rating. They wouldn't let anyone in unless you were over 18. And he didn't want that. But they said one of the bits that was the most worrying was the bit in the hospital. Because that was quite disturbing. She was kind of having an MRI on her brain, wasn't mm. she? And the machines were spinning, but they were the real machines. And the gu- and the people doing the acting were real doctors. And the guy putting the spinal into her neck. Surely she didn't have the, the spinal. Apparently she did. The, the draft, like draw fluid off her spine. Yeah, well, no, it's an injection to numb you, isn't it? Like you have an epidural. That's what they said. I, I hope she got paid a lot. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. So the hospital bit was a bit disturbing. I did like the way the the doctor came out to talk to the mum and lit a fag. I liked that. Yeah, bit. I, I liked noticed that. that. Yeah. How is it, doctor? It's bad. I'm just going to light a cigarette <laughs> in the hospital and talk to you about it because it's the seventies. Yes, but, but, but how bizarre, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Do you know what? One thing I will say, just to compliment the film, it doesn't. It hasn't aged that much, has it? It. It really doesn't feel like a very a film that old. Like no. how old something like Psycho compared to that? Uh, fourteen years previous. Because you know, last night I don't feel like I watched an um, I don't feel like I watched an old film. Right. Oh, that's quite good. It is a classic. So I suppose that's why because it still has. It still makes people scared. It's still got themes. Because we're running alongside while she's investigating the child. We've got the stuff about the priest, haven't we? We're mm. seeing also a, a side... Old Father Ted. See him every now and then. Mm. Old Father Ted, yeah. And then we've got another priest who's like a psychi- psychiatric priest, isn't he? 
who we're running alongside who visits his mum Father Karras yeah Father Karras who the actor did train as a priest did he really? yeah three years so we said I've got to do this part he was an actor first ever film job they auditioned Jack Nicholson for that part you know oh did they? and they turned him down the director said uh, no to Nicholson in the end because he didn't think he was holy enough he thought someone like uh, Nicholson and the char- charismatic that he that he is uh, didn't see him as being that holy and couldn't really believe him to be a priest, which I, I kind of get in a way. Yeah, I do get yeah. that. And Jason Miller is brilliant anyway as Father Karras. That's interesting. So, so the mum is still going trying to investigate. And they think it's a brain lesion, don't well, they? Well, the mum, I don't think the mum does. I think the mum is aware that there's something deeper than her being, you know, mentally ill. I yeah. think I think she knows there's something else going on. But the doctors try and convince her that basically it's this one part of a brain. It's a frontal lobe. Because um, I think they want to convince themselves that their science, yes, their right. medical expertise, yeah. Yeah. is it has to be something medical. So they keep yeah. testing and testing, and then it reaches a point where the mum kind of says to someone, what is going to happen? And mm. the science guy turns around and goes, I think there's only one piece of advice that we can give you, and that's that's God, really. Yeah, <laughs> well, they, they sort of like run out of all options, don't yeah. they? And they said the only possible other thing it could be is uh, something wrong with the brain. They don't say it's not. They say that if you get an exercise... Power of suggestion, isn't it? Yes, to exercise what the the mind feels is inside her, maybe it might release that thing from her brain and she'll be okay. But at this point, as an audience member and and the mum, really, know that it's definitely something evil because we have seen... We've seen her float in the bed. We've seen the bed shake. We've we've seen some nasty stuff at this point. You know, piss on the carpet. Oof, that never comes out. That never comes out. Did you see the poor girl? Oh, the next day is it coming out? I think so. No fucking no. No way. I mean, when she was a puppy, did two pisses on the new carpet. That's never come out. No, that's stained. It's it is the way to enter any house party, really, isn't it? If you want to make an entrance. That's the way to make an entrance. I loved that scene, actually, when they're having that party and they're all by the piano. Everything's fine. So normal. So, yes. And you hear the little conversations earlier with the astronaut. He's talking to the rest of the crowd and mingling, talking about space and what it's going to be like. And she comes down the stairs, having not known anything about this guy, and says, you're going to die up there. Yeah. And I think, imagine hearing that, just in a party, and someone saying that, and then you'd be freaked out. You would be freaked out. And um, yeah, there's just and it's li- almost like the party because the director of the film gets pissed, doesn't he, and starts yeah. having a go at the kind of caretaker of the house, saying yeah. he's Is German Nazi. Nazi and all this. Yeah. It's almost that feeling that. The demon is creating this atmosphere, that bad vibe, that nasty vibe. But at the same time, at the party, that's when the mum meets one of the priests, isn't it? Because she meets this priest who puts her in touch with the main, the main Damien priest, Curry's. doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it is. It's a, it's a good point that you know that kind of evil starts to come to a head. 
Yeah. But there is still the ultimate thing that's going to resolve this there. Mm. So she goes to our kind of hero priest and says, look, I need some help. And he basically fobs her off, doesn't he? He basically goes, look, there haven't been ex- exorcisms for years and years and years. Yeah. And it's just not proved. And actually, to get an exorcism passed, you're going to have to really prove yeah. that she's beyond any shadow of doubt possessed. And he goes yeah. to the head what the bishop oh no he goes and sees her doesn't he first to assess her yeah and he does the holy water that's not holy water he tricks her yeah good trick good trick on the demon when he speaks to the demon the demon brings up his can you stop putting a d on the end of demon demon you're saying demon (laughs) so that's a new one onto the list with favourite children and <laughs> Pacific. Pacific. The demon. Demon. It's a bit like a di- diamond and a demon. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> demon. What is it? No, it's no, just de- demon. It's demon. just demon. De- demon. They don't. Demon. 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 So, yeah, demon. Uh, before I was rudely interrupted there, <laughs> the demon. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, the demon mentions his mum. That's when I think he starts to realise. So he's got the holy water trick. That- How good is the girl? Yeah, Linda Blair. How good is the girl when she's doing that to him? Because he doesn't believe it, does he? He goes in there thinking, yeah, all right, you're going to try and freak me out, but you don't really know anything. The girl is mint throughout, really. But that's yeah. when her voice starts to change. It's when the it's the voice. And the voice is a different actress. It's not Linda Blair. Ah, because I said to Ben, I went, is it the same person all the way through? No, the person who did the voice is an actress called Mercedes McCambridge. Great name. Great name. What's your name? Mercedes McCambridge. Nice to meet you. And for that voice, she ate eggs and drank copious amounts of whiskey so that it would distort her voice even more. And chain smoked as well. And while she was doing um, voice recordings, she insisted on having a priest present and she would be strapped to a chair by her neck, her arms, her legs, ankles and everything. And she would try with all of her might to get out of the chair while screaming for hours on end. And the director... Would you think it's fair to the say director she's a said it's <laughs> possibly one of the scariest things he's had to watch and witness while directing a film? Academy Award for best sound mixing. Did it? That yeah. film. Yeah, well, doesn't surprise me. I think Mercedes. Mercedes sounds like she needs a yeah. priest. To be fair, though, because but that, it did that it is going did well, didn't it? Detail. But they um, they gave Linda Blair the Oscar nomination for best supporting actress, not knowing that somebody else had done the voice. They uh, thought it was Linda Blair. But once they've given the nomination, then it came out later, they were like, oh, shit. Because that's like more than half, half the, the job. job I think. Well, I don't know. She's doing a but good I, job. I, I disagree, she's, doing a, she's doing a very good I job. Disagree. Very good job. But would it have been the same if it was still sounding like a 14-year-old Without girl? the voice. And I don't think it would. I think no, it's that no, voice. It that voice makes you think... Mm. They must have tried... They must have tried her to do the voice and then have gone, it's not going to work. You wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't sound, you you wouldn't get deep enough, would you? No. It's got to not sound like anything that would come out of a child. She throws up on the priest and the director said to the actor, don't worry, when she throws up on you, 
it's going to be on your chest. And then he turned around to the guy <laughs> doing the special effects and said, spray it straight into his face. Face. <laughs> 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 so when he looked shocked, yeah. he thought, he wanted to turn around and go, you fucking told me it yeah. was just on my chest, straight in his face. Straight she throws face. up. That, I like that bit. When you, you can see in his face, he's like disgusted. So that's his first meeting with the demon, isn't it? Yes. That well, uh, that's the you know that's the first time that the old boy from Iraq's back. No, he needs help. That's a bit further on. That's he needs help. On. Yeah, no, that is. It's yeah, him but that, that gets no, no, it's not. Face. Karis gets it. Karis gets, Karis gets it, it first. Then you get the bigger sick later on. <laughs> get two I... sicks, I think. Um, so he goes away and goes, do you know what? I can't handle this demon on my own. It's By the way, much. which version did you watch? Did you watch the crab down the stairs? No, we didn't see that. Have you seen that then? I've seen it. I've seen the raw footage of the crab, but they didn't put it in the film, in did the they? In the original, no, because you but could see... But then they put it in the director's cut, did they? So there's a scene, calls a famous scene, when like halfway through the film... Uh, Linda Blair's character Reagan comes uh, backwards crab like motion uh, like a yoga move comes down the stairs and then spits blood out at the end and it's quite a graphic scene and it was cut from the original film because the director said it was a bit too graphic and it was a bit early on in the film yeah. I think it comes like yeah it comes very soon. And it takes the demon soon. out of the out of the room. Yeah. Yes, it does. Which is interesting yes. that the demon is kept in the room. In the room. And it yeah. does all of its damage from that one yeah. room. And they were unable at the time to take the to CGI the wires out of um the at the stunt from the person. Crap. Yeah, from the yeah. Interesting. But then thirty years later for like uh, twenty five years later for the uh, Millennium nice. Edition, I think they um, they were able to put it back in the film. It's a good scene. It's a good yeah, scene. Yeah, I, I think I might have seen a clip. Of, we'll we'll have to clip it and put it on the social media anyway. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's another obviously side run to the story that kind of you know fitted in quite nicely come the end. But obviously, there's been the murder, hasn't there? So the director has yeah. been left alone in the room oh, with yes. the demon, and they've been to murdered. babysit to babysit. Yeah. Um, but and it that, jumps out the window. It kind of adds to the priest, doesn't it? Because the priest yeah. is contacted by the police, the detective. Yes. I like it. And the detective says, you know, is there anyone you know of being this ill to have done something like that? And the priest's like, do you know what? No, not a, not a chance. And then when he meets the demon, he kind of puts two and two mm. together. Well, the head of the man who dies, the director dies, is completely span round. It's that, it's that bit that sort of sat with me when I watched it and thought, oof, because he says, Bert Dennings was found dead at the bottom of the stairs, but it's how he was found with his head turned completely the other way round. It could happen in the fall, but it's very, very, very unlikely. It would have to be someone with great power and great strength becomes great responsibility <laughs> or pure evil which or pure is demon, what it was demon diamond so diamond. we get to the point where you know the priest realizes he needs some more help so he goes to see because the, he's losing his faith as well well he goes to see the bishop doesn't he and he says to the yeah. bishop there is only one option we have to give an exorcism 
And the bishop turns round and says, you can't do it. You need the help of someone that's already done one. Then we cue in Father Merrin, the old boy, who found it in the first place. Who started it yeah. and gone, Crikey, took you a while to get hold of me. I found this ages ago. Full circle, <laughs> he comes in and he knows what he's dealing with, doesn't he? He knows yeah. exactly he's full, what He's full is. beans. He yeah. ain't mucking around. No. He's been expecting he's got the full, it. He's, he's got everything on. He's got the cape. He's got the book. I liked the little throwaway line of, he's very good. The last one he did lasted four weeks. <laughs> yeah. Nearly killed him, yeah. Nearly killed him. No, it's, it's good when Carrie says, I've got it down to four demons, possibly. And um, yeah, th- so there's these personalities and he goes, there's only one. Yeah. Like, won't hear anything of it. It's the devil. And he says, he's going to lie to us yeah. and he'll try and throw us off. But he will also mix truth with some lies. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to anything. And he sees when they go in the room and he's trying to exercise him and, and Karis is just frozen. Probably because of the temperature in the room. You can see their breath, can't well, you? Well, Ben dropped dropped your big. What what was your big fact? You dropped out mid film. So big fact mid film is the bedroom's in a freezer. So he filmed it in a freezer, and he got it so cold. So she, poor Linda Blair, is possessed. She's only wearing a nightie. It was so cold they could only film for three minutes. Jesus. Because she went out. That was it. Done. Hypothermia. Three minutes. It got so cold that their breath started to turn to snow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the the perspiration, the heat off the camera, the cameramen mm. and women and the sound and then the actors was turning little flakes of snow. So he insisted on filming because now you can see GI breath. I was thinking about this film you know, that Everest film, they CGI yeah. at the breath yeah. and everything. But obviously then in 74, then, you couldn't. No. So when the two priests go in, it's very effective, isn't it? You see their breath mm. and you see hers and you're like, crying. And what an interesting choice as well as a director to make it cold when you're dealing with the devil. Because yeah. you'd have thought it'd it's just hot. be boiling and red. But they like it's it just cold, don't they? Isn't that isn't that a thing that's kind of kept throughout horror as a theme that they like to be the you know the the devil spirits like to be cold because there's a whole bit of the window always being open, her always tucking her back into bed. Yes, that, that's kind of a running theme, isn't it? It's also a very visual the way. The demon gets the colder it is. Of you realizing that that you're you're in a room with something that's possessing the room. It's very mm. clever, mm. very clever. Mm. I mean. It must have cost a bloody fortune because you can only film for three minutes, stop, everyone get warm, yeah, and then go back in. Mm. But he loved that. The director loved that. The director loved spinning everyone around. So they're both in there with the demon. It's the big showdown. It's grand finale it? time, yeah. It's the yeah. greatest show. We're getting through it. She's- in between all this, though, we've had the head turnaround. Head turnaround, Ugh. fantastic. We've had the crucifix in the vagina. That is disgusting. Yeah. That If they should have cut anything, they should have cut that. It was vile. It was wrong. That shouldn't have been in. That is shocking. Oh, the head vile. turn, the, the the 180 head turn is a shock. When she gets flip-flacked in the bed, mm. which is where she got the spinal damage in real life, because they put her into a tube and then flick-flacked her all over the bed. So it wasn't a stunt girl, it was her. It was her. At 15. So she knackered her back. The mum got a bat knackered because 
when she gets hit yeah. by the demon, the director got someone else to hit her <laughs> and they hit her. <laughs> so when she lands in a pile, that's a real reaction to Jeez. being smacked. So God. she got smacked. So the demon is full on, isn't it? That's the point where if, if you're going to get scared. Do you know what? It's not it's not a scary, jumpy it's horror. psychological. Like, yeah. It's yes. creepy yes. and it's disturbing. It I think horror now has kind of been transfixed into this thing of what's going to make you jump and loses the yeah. whole idea of being disturbed. Because that, that film is, like Jack said, psychological. It's disturbing. Yeah. For me, I watched this film when I was about 10 or something like that, I think. Just the right age. And I remember not being scared because I was waiting for the jumps and it was only yeah. when it was explained to me from my uncle actually and he said no that is a very scary film you're not thinking of it correctly you should think and picture someone that you love of similar age so think of your sister having to go through that of all Mm. the things with the doctors first of all Mm. seeing all the pain that she has to go through then she's in the bed then you see her personality change then her physical appearance change her strength everything everything of someone who you love so much. And I think that's a credit to Ellen Burstyn's performance as well in it, because you do feel that she is absolutely at her wit's end. And actually, the way the actors respond to not the fact it's just a demon, but to it's attacking their faith. It's attacking what they truly believe is God. Mm. And there, and he, as you said, the one priest loses his faith, yeah. and that the demon is actively attacking their faith yeah. and their loved ones. And you're right, psychologically, it's that's why I think the opening where it roots it in Iraq and then like old evil yeah. comes in. Um, so the two two priests now they've had it, they have a go. He she throws all up over the other priest again he washes himself and then the bit i absolutely love which i think is brilliant is that right we need a break they're in there for a bit and i'm tired after watching them yeah. the power of christ compels you the power of yes. christ compels you because the bed she levitates over. off the bed doesn't she and they're screaming it screaming it. they're going mental trying to control this demon trying to get her back to a you know, sedate this demon. No wonder they turn to each other for a cuppa. <laughs> it's a it's a boxing match between good and evil for a snack. And you, it, but it's the, yes, it's the way he goes. Right, we need to break, and then they go and sit on sit the because they'd be knackered. They'd be, knackered. They've just gone like three rounds with the devil himself. You would be. I think as well. You kind of know at this point that it is coming to a head, don't you? You know that there's going to be an outcome. And when they go back in for that second time, that is kind of when, you know... It, well, he's not very well, is no. he, the older one? He takes a pill for his heart. He's not very well. So you think to yourself, he's going to go, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to get And killed. he does. <laughs> he gets killed. And he does. He's brown bread. Karis comes in. He's gone. Demon's loving it. Demon's just sat Off there. Off camera. Going, we don't see him. We see him. Don't see him die, do we? No. But he's he's trying. But you see, the demon Caris comes back in. Max is on the floor, dead. Demons in the corner of the bed, going. Job done. One down. Yeah. One, one to, to go. go. 
and then it's full on. He just he just goes for the demons, doesn't he? He goes, sod all the books, yeah. sod all everything else. I'm, gonna, I'm going wrestling. I'm going to beat beat it out of I'm, I'm going to beat it, beat it out. This is a boxer, isn't it? Yeah. He yeah. a boxer. And he yeah. does, he starts to lay into the demon. The demon. And it's full kind of plot twist time because good versus evil, there only seems to be one way to win. It only looks like evil's going to win, doesn't it? And then that's when he takes a decision on and he almost summons the demon into himself. Demon. Demon, demon, not demon. He does, he uh, says, yes, take he me, does. doesn't he? Take me. Yeah. And I think that's he- the most, for me, that's the most disturbing bit of the film. When I see a grown man smacking a young girl attacking a young child who's possessed that's the bit of the film that spanned I it. didn't see that but I didn't see her as a young child then I think that's what the film does a really good job of because at times you see her as a young girl then you see her as a young girl who possessed when in the end when it was that battle I purely saw her as a demon the demon like I, I yeah. saw so little of a girl in her you just mm. and it was like like the demon had fully won yeah did you notice he did those little cuts to see the demon's face slightly, yes. a little yeah, flash of a yeah. picture? Yeah, very creepy. So Karis has gone toe-to-toe with the demon, says, take me. Suddenly, you see Karis's eyes change. And then you see the girl. You see... Yes. You see... She goes, start You hear crying. the cry. Yeah. Hear the cry. And then it's that clever bit of he knows exactly what he's got to do. And he obviously has such a split time frame to make that decision. And he's out the window down His the face changes, doesn't it? And his yeah. eyes roll. Yeah. And it turns, yeah. like, his eyes go green. And you think, yeah. like, the devil's in him. And then he yeah. fights the urge to kill the child. And he sees the yeah. window and goes, no! And jumps through. Yeah. And he goes yeah. the same way as Burt Dennings did. Out the window, down the steps that Joaquin Phoenix danced on in The Joker. So then that's effectively the devil, the demon's dead in him. And then we get, we get to the aftermath of the film, don't we, really? Yeah. Oh, there's a one famous shot where we see the old priest, the very, very famous shot. It's the, the old shadow. Yeah, where he gets out the car and he goes under the lamp and it's foggy and it's just him in the lamp, in the street lamp, yeah. just before he goes it's in. It's the poster, and isn't it, for the film, yeah. basically. And that's from a Magritte painting. So the director wanted that shot to be exactly like the painting. So he set that all up. And that was, that's one of the paintings that he based the film on and he loved. Mm. Shall we rate it and rate sum up it? what we think in a way? Yeah. Who uh, starts? You are Ben. Ben count. Ben never goes first. So I was thinking about this. When we started this podcast, films you should have seen but haven't. And I think this is a film you should see. Agreed. I think it's the basis of a lot of horror. I think it's the first time we got an Oscar nom. It might not be... I think I think you said at one point about the makeup, Coulson, that the makeup was a bit cack. Um, but I do think this is pretty groundbreaking. 74 is pretty groundbreaking what this film did. I mean, I think it cost 14-odd million dollars and it's taken 450 million. I mean, you just couldn't get in when this came out. Everyone knew how frightening it was. Which... If you bring in inflation, it's the uh, highest grossing film for Warner Brothers ever. Stat. Knocking them down, stat after stat. I'm going to go 8.5. I'm giving 9 for me. Same reasons. I 
uh, that Ben sort of brings. There's kind of flaws uh, with it for me, uh, only because of like the head move. I mean, I'm nitpicking. I am nitpicking. Uh, heads uh, that doesn't look real. Uh, that's it. I mean, that's it, really. Just make up and think. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, brilliantly acted, uh, directed, uh, screenplay, everything. It won an Oscar, I think, screenplay. It won two Oscars. So it won uh, Best Sound Mixing, Best Writing, Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. Right. I don't know what you're going to think of this. 7.5. That's good. Okay. My reasonings for it not being higher, you probably won't agree with and you might find frustrating. But I think this is probably my generation and the way that that sort of film has gone. When you big it up, when you talk about it, I expect to be scared. Yeah. I expect horror. I expect thriller. Mm. And when you compare it to all the other scary films that you've made me watch, Jack, like Insidious and The Conjuring, like, I, I didn't get that. I think that is literally because my brain has boxed off Mm. because of the name of it The Exorcist which has been adapted through so many different films in like history and the story of someone having an exorcism I just think I expected pure scare I mean it's built up in it everyone says it's the scariest film of all time so of course it's been stolen from so many times which I could tell from that and I just think I think I'd probably set myself up for that that thing yes I think if I was watching it in 1975, you would literally go, wow, what the fuck have I just watched? Yeah. What happened with that film, which doesn't happen so much with films now, is back in those days, obviously people have told me about that. I I wouldn't remember. (laughs) But back in those days, you only really got one or two of these kind of films. And the build-up to you seeing that film was absolutely enormous. Because you'd never seen some of these techniques before. No. You'd never seen a young girl possessed. You'd never no. seen, you know, there were just so many firsts. Yeah. And you're in a cinema. I tell you what does help if you're in a massive cinema with loud. a load of people. And it's loud. It's loud and it is frightening. Yeah. And everyone goes a bit quiet. And when you're in that room with them in a big cinema, and those two priests are trying to fight it, you get something from the crowd. Yeah, a bit of atmosphere. Um, and I think that's yeah slightly lost now. I completely agree. I think nowadays as well with a horror film, like you mentioned in the cinema, Ben, the bits I'm scared of, it's the sound that makes me jump more. You know when they go, Bleh! like, like yeah, there's, a, yeah, there's yeah. a sudden noise. It's not so much what I'm watching. It's just that it's so bloody loud in the cinema, I think. And, yeah, I think watching it at home does take away whatever horror film you're watching. You won't jump But imagine, are there many horrors that, what, 50 years later we're still going to be talking about? And I think that's the thing, like, it obviously has set out its stall in history and it has kept to it. And that's probably why it's got 25 out of 30. You know, it's a a solid score. that's, That's a good score for us. Yeah. yeah, very good, actually. Yeah. And actually, do you know what, Colson? 
I'm glad you got something from it. Yeah, I'm glad you saw good film what the film was good trying to do. And like you said, um, the the point of the podcast is to see the films we shouldn't, you know, we haven't seen, we but we should have. And that is a yeah. film I should have seen, and I've now yeah. seen it. So a bit yeah. like the same yeah. feeling I got with Green Mile. Do you know what? Yeah. Hands up. I'm glad I've watched it because yeah. I can have that yeah. conversation about that film now. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Time for something new to the Sofa Cinema Club then. So this is the first time we've ever done this, but I'm about to go on to our Instagram and find out what film we are watching next week. Oh, I forgot about this. It's it's out of our hands. It's completely out of our hands. Can you tell us what the? Can you tell us who's in the final? Because the final is Stand by Me versus Wolf of Wall Street. And I know that Ben is a massive Stand By Me fan. I wanted Planes, Trains or Con Air. <laughs> you wanted the other two. I just wanted Stand By Me. But I've got a feeling... I tell you what, it's tight. The thing that's won has won by 52%. Oof. So it's... Oof. There's, there's, there's 4% in it. It's less than 60 votes in it. I think Trump and Biden, I mean, they, they were further apart or closer, were they? <laughs> I'm not leaving until we get a recount. <laughs> Everyone's been talking about these big votes this week and everyone knows the biggest vote of them all is Sofa Cinema Club, what film are we watching? So what is it called? Cahidus? Obviously, I'm very happy. It's The Wolf of Wall Street. It's The Wolf. Yep. 52% to 48 And it's the first time we've ever done it. So it's the film that... I guess half of you wanted us to watch, just more than half of you wanted us to watch. So we will be watching it next week. And we look forward to being joined, hopefully, by one of you guys for the synopsis. Mint, get ready with your synopsis. Um, So yeah, keep in touch with us on social media. Our social media, I think a few of you have noticed, has changed. So a big shout out to producer Henry and Formula Formula. And former Formula One, former (laughs) producer Ben, um, because the Sofa Cinema Club, it you know it has changed on social media. I think I think people have noticed that. Oh yeah, oh we we're in the big life. We're in the big league. We're in the big. We know what we're doing. And if you want to follow us (laughs) on Instagram, it's at Sofa Cinema Club, and Twitter, it's at Sofa Cinema Club. So keep an eye on there for more stuff about the podcast, more about us, and our Disney Christmas competition that's going to be starting very soon. So we will see you next week for episode three of series three, which is for you guys, The Wolf of Wall Street. Good night. God bless. Good night. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.